The Magic Dads podcast is now available wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube at the Old Cranky Man Collectibles YouTube channel. Magic Dads is brought to you by Old Cranky Man Collectibles and all of our generous patrons over at patreon.com forward slash MTG Dads podcast. Go check it out for exclusive content and so much more. by Old Cranky Man Collectibles. Head on over to the Old Cranky Man Collectibles YouTube channel and subscribe. Magic Dads is also now available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just go to your favorite podcast app like Spotify, type in MTG Dad Magic Podcast. <laughs> so, how's it going? I'm your host, hey. Blake. This is Stefan. Uh, Slay? <laughs> Uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> Don't spill the beans. It's fine. Bit of a rough start, but we're here. Oh, we're, we're cranking it out. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have some fun. Oh, so um, we well, well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a lot about Canadian Highlander, right? Oh, sure. Yes. So um, if you haven't figured that out already, Stefan and I and our play group play a lot of Canadian Highlander. Yeah. That's a probably uh, real quick. Part. I think most people that listen to this probably know what Canadian Highlander is, but just in <laughs> case you don't, we're going to gloss over it real quick. Yeah. So, uh, Canadian Highlander is a 100 card singleton format, mm-hmm. like Commander, but not. There's no Commander, there's no color identities. It's played 1v1, so two players, 20 life, and it uses the vintage ban list. Yeah. So, no. Racially insensitive cards or problematic cards, and no dexterity cards, no anti cards, no silver bordered cards. As much as we'd love to play Ashnod's coupon, the, the actual <laughs> no conspiracies. But, yeah, you also don't get the conspiracies or like the you know any of the any of the, the draft centric cards. Yep. Yeah, uh, but you do get to play really powerful stuff from the origins of Magic as well yes. as powerful stuff from now. Yes. Uh, and it all sort of falls into this list uh, of cards that are some about 30-ish cards that are worth points correct and you can have 10 points in your deck up to yes. up to 10 points. yeah yep so pointed cards are like uh moxin uh mana crypt uh ancestor recall time walk demonic tutor yep. uh birthing pod prop rotation generally like some of the most powerful magic cards are between mm-hmm. one and seven points for different reasons but yeah yes uh, and that is what we're going to talk about today. Actually, yeah. we're, we're doing a series of videos. So we're going to talk about these seven pointed cards specifically. And today yeah. we're going to talk about that card right there, Ancestral Recall. Cards, uh, cards interesting. Sort of has a, it, it is very powerful. And it has its origins back in the beginning of Magic in Alpha Beta Unlimited. Um, they did a run of what's called the Boon Cycle which yep. is every color got a single instant that gave you three of something for one mana of yep. that. So we had Giant Growth at green, gives plus three, plus three on the turn. Uh, Dark Ritual gives you three black mana. Uh, the Healing Salve in white, it's really bad. It gains you three life or prevents three damage. Lightning <laughs> Bolt is debatably the second best of them. Three damage to any target for one red. Yeah, I think Lightning Bolt is yeah. the second. And, the, the, and then the most powerful with a bullet uh, and it's not closed by Country Mile is Ancestral Recall, which is 
target player draws three cards for one blue mana instant speed. Recall says it says draw three cards or force your opponent to draw three cards. That's that's the original text on it. Um, it is a modal spell, <laughs> technically. If your opponent has no cards in the library, you can kill them with an ancestral recall. Um, and and yeah. recall, <laughs> recall is seven points, and yes. it probably deserves every one of them. It, oh, it most most assuredly does. Yeah, deserve every point. That it is it should never to be it. lower. It should. It there's been some debate on whether or not it should be our first eight point card. Um, but we're kind of here to talk you out of it. So I am here to tell you that you should stop putting Ancestral Recall in your blue tempo Canadian Highlander decks. Yeah, really any any blue deck that sort of looks at Ancestral Recall and goes, yeah, that's it, easy answer. Yes. Um, yeah, and so let, let's kind of go into why Recall is limited in its power based on the points that it has. Yep. Uh, because at seven points, it limits every other option you have yep. in the number of points, in what cards you could put in, because all the other cards that are pointed, um, you can't run anything over three. Yes. You can either pick one at three, a two and a one, or three ones, Yep, and that's it. Yep. Um, the, the typical moniker is recall plus three, because yeah. these decks, eh, they don't care about the other three cards. It can just be whatever. This deck is built around Ancestral Recall, and that's mm -hmm. part of the problem. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time playing Ancestral Recall Temple Blue decks, and almost every time, every game that I don't have an Ancestral Recall, I don't draw it or whatever, I feel like my deck sucks. Right. Because you're utilizing a lot of one-for-one -one spell interaction. Yeah. And the deck, a lot of these tempo decks, that's sort of the entirety of the axis of how they, how they function. Yep. Is you, yep. You're trading a spell for another spell. Yep. And then eventually you want to kind of outpace them in a yep. way that you're going to win. Yep. You get to a point where you just have way more resources than they do because you've been able to cast multiple spells in a turn, yep. answer their threats, uh, stick your own threat, and then you're able to like kind of hold up and protect that threat or just continue to trade one for one and, and, and continue to get ahead that way. And uh, eventually they run out of cards and then you have your Ancestral Recall, which puts you way ahead. And that all sounds fine and great, but the problem is, is that right now in this specific metagame, there are so many cards that do an Ancestral Recall impression and a lot of them do it better. Or take take Recall out. We'll just stop Recall from being an effective card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here's my Force of Negation and I will pitch a blue card and now your Ancestral Recall is yeah. exiled. You can't regrowth it, you can't Snapcast or Mage it, you can't put it back on top of your deck with Mystic Sanctuary. Yeah, have you ever cast a whole breacher in response to a recall? <laughs> this, yeah, there's there are ways to kind of functionally deal with this, and there's proactive ways too. Like there's there are planeswalkers that limit the ability to draw cards, yeah. or shieldred that punishes your opponent for yep. drawing cards. Yeah, it takes or, six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so there's a very real downside um, to running so many eggs into such a small basket. Yeah. Because while recall functionally represents one percent of the cards in your deck it represents 70 percent of the points yeah um and it is also a card that doesn't and this is debatable obviously but doesn't immediately win you the game no it it most certainly does not immediately win you the game no generally the the parlance is it's not the first recall that kills your opponent it's the third so these decks that are casting recall 
really want to cast them multiple times and are built to do that. Yep. Uh, but what happens when you don't draw your recall, when you don't draw right. your tutor to find your recall? Because again, you're limited on what kind of tutors you can run because you can't run a demonic tutor, it's four points. Yep. And the other tutors that you're running are very face up, a mystical yep. tutor that puts it on top of your library. Or if like, you're probably not running gifts on given into it, but um, there, there's just, you could, but then that's, you know, very face up and your opponent gets to select what you're getting. And if you're not, again, if you're not immediately winning the game with with a gifts ungiven, why are you spending your points on that card? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you have a gifts ungiven in your deck, ladies and gentlemen, you have a gifts ungiven in your deck. Right, that's a, a one, that is a one card combo. Yep, have a package of cards that you can get that will win you the game yeah. And that's another thing is like uh, there's so many there's so many pointed cards that you can play with a straight face that will end the game immediately if they resolve or the turn after they resolve like gifts ungiven. Yeah. Like underworld breach. And yeah. and you you never get the opportunity to, to play cards like that because you're always just recall plus 3. Yeah. And, yeah, and and so like a lot of the times it's like mana drain, treasure cruise, true name nemesis or you know yeah. some some mixture of things like that like yeah. treasure cruise i can totally get behind that treasure cruise yeah. is a one-pointed ancestral recall absolutely 100 percent functionally does the same thing it does yes right. so that is and that's one point obviously a little contextual but like the game plan for how those two are kind of uh are, are on on the wind up on those is sort yep. of the same like your wind up is to fill up your graveyard and your punch through is to cast a spell and draw a bunch of new resources yes so like if you have if you have recall in your deck and treasure cruise you get two more points. You don't have the option to put like an underworld breach in your deck, for right. example. Uh, so if we take ancestral recall out of the equation, we mm -hmm. we are left with these other two cards that are you know go in a deck that wants to put a whole bunch of cards into its graveyard. But now this also opens up the possibility that uh, you can play a tutor to go find one of those cards. Yeah. Where you can't do that when you have recall plus three. Or a tutor that could find another contextually powerful card. Yeah. So say if you had like a demonic tutor and your opponent has a a card that you need to kill right now. Yep. Sometimes you just get a swords to plowshares to deal yeah. with that questing beast. And yep. that's totally fine. Or if you win more games because you get to see specifically the card you want yep. and not three random cards off at the top. And then effectively, demonic tutor as a tutor functions as a second copy of the most powerful contextual card in, in your deck. deck yeah um and so there are also cards that are zero points that do a great impression there are so many cards that are zero points that do ancestral recall things mm -hmm. but better yeah first so, one expressive iteration yeah cards fantastic it's been banned in multiple formats for yes Yes, and you, you know all, all of these recall decks that we're talking about, they're already playing and uh, they're already playing ancestor recall. But the point that I'm trying to make is that you don't need ancestor recall to do ancestor recall things. Yeah, Stoneforge yeah. Mystic is another prime example of a card that does ancestor recall things. Yeah, you resolve Stoneforge Mystic and you go get a thing out of your uh, you know equipment out of your deck. If you get Caldra Complete or a Batter Skull, you have just turned that Stoneforge Mystic into an ancestor recall. Yep, or it sometimes it lets you stop your opponent from winning the game with like a lion sash. Yeah, or it lets you draw a billion cards with a skull clamp. Right. So or pushes pushes damage through and gains you life with a shadow spear. Exactly. So there's 
again, it's about that contextuality yep. and the representation of a single card that can do more than just draw you three cards. Yep. Because sometimes yes. drawing three cards is a limitation on its own because the resources are choked in your I, I don't know how many times I've recalled and drawn three lands. A lot. Or, a lot more than I would care yeah, to admit. Exactly. Or you only have three lands in play and you draw you play a recall yep. and you draw one and suddenly you're out of gas because ninety nine percent of the time you're you're casting a recall on your main phase so that you can do other things on your turn. You're yeah. not waiting. Um, and then you leave yourself open for any kind of interaction and yep. they can exile from so uh cameron was sitting next to me playing a game and he he drew his seven and he looked at it and it was land uh plus six cards one of those yep. cards was ancestral recall yep and and i said you don't keep that no and he said but land recall and i was like yeah but your recall is you want your recall to draw you lands that's a bad recall yeah now the recall would draw him out of the mulligan, but there's also the potential that he doesn't draw lands at all. Yeah, I would say that in that it is more important to have a recall draw you out of a mulligan when you have an even amount of an even amount of cards in your hand from both. Yeah, so like if he was guaranteed his first and second land drops, I said two lands. Yeah, yeah, totally. You can keep that one land recall. You're hoping to draw at least two lands plus maybe one more card. But probably you just want three more yeah. lands to play the cards in your hand. Your ancestral recall there? looks your your ancestral recall looks pretty bad. Turn one land, and then you cast a recall, and either you brick on lands, which sucks, or you draw three cards. Then you have to pitch some cards. And yep. Yeah. While while you do sort of get to see the additional cards, that you've now exposed your your recall to the graveyard, yeah. to the place where your opponent can interact with it yep. negatively. And you've basically dumped 70% of your points in the first turn of the game in a place mm -hmm. where it's not super impactful. Yeah. Um, so other cards that sort of do that impression. Um, yeah, Any, anything that gives you initiative. Right. Uh, yeah, the initiative is absolutely insane. You put a creature into play, um, you get to go get a land immediately, and then you either get to scry or you get to put counters on it, and then eventually it domes your opponent for five. Mm -hmm. And most of the creatures that have the initiative moniker attached to them are also absurd. Seasoned Dungeoneer, yeah. uh, you know, gets in there, puts a counter on it, mills a card, or puts a land into your hand, instantly gains protection from creatures. Like, these are cards, like, you play them, your opponent is going to want to immediately answer them, which automatically turns the land plus the card that they spend... That's your recall. Yeah. That's the same yeah. card economy right there. It's like, if your opponent casts recall, you're like, you're kind of going, okay, let's see what happens. If yep. your opponent casts a uh, one of the three, four uh, initiative creatures yep. that have additional value on mm -hmm. their body, everything clenches up. Yes. That Immediately the game has changed in yep. a way that is bad for you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, and then there's just cards like Dak Faden where you're going to see additional cards every turn mm -hmm. in the same way that recall would yeah a lot a of lot. a lot of planeswalkers do a yeah. really really good ancestral recall oh agree. Uh, impression and it's kind of similar to you know to the initiative thing where you put this creature you put this um planeswalker into play and either it gives you uh, it gives you more cards in hand or it answers something on the board and now your opponent is has this thing that they that you have that they have to kill and it, it just uses up their resources while giving you more resources yeah and it takes nothing Right, you just no. get that. You just get that over and over again. 
Nope. Whereas if you if your game plan is to cast recall multiple times, there's other pieces that sort of have to fall into place. Right. Planeswalker is just a thing that uh, does that. Also, if your plan is to cast recall more than one time via Snapcaster Major, Regrowth, or what have you, mm -hmm. there are other really good cards that you could also regrowth back to your hand like a planeswalker or initiative creature or you know the demonic tutor that you cast to go get your thing like mm -hmm. those cards are still very very good even in the absence yeah. of of recall yeah and recall again you're sort of at the mercy of the top of your deck yeah. whereas dt or sorry for a demonic tutor any any powerful tutor is going to find you the exact right spell at that exact moment yeah. Um, and if you're looking for cards that give you additional value, like a three-for-one with Ancestral Recall, I think people are underplaying board wipes. Yes, uh, yep, that's that, that that's absolutely 100%. You cast a Supreme Verdict or a Wrath of God or something like that, you get to destroy two, three, sometimes more of your opponent's creatures. Again, oh, there's yeah. your card economy right there. And, and, you know, not only that, but, then, you know, now your opponent has to, you know, they have to rebuild from that. Yeah. And they probably overcommitted to the board at this point. And I cannot tell you the amount of times that you're if you're empty-handed and your opponent has has creatures on board that will kill you next turn, you don't want to draw the recall. You want to draw the wrath of God. Because the recall is again, you're at the mercy of that of that top deck, versus if you draw the wrath, that's the wrath. That's the one card. Yep. And you could find you can build your deck in a way where that recall can be, or not not that recall, the wrath can be tutorable, either by a demonic tutor, or like if you put a dam in your deck, you can put in um, Spellseeker. That's that's the next one, that's the yeah. so spell So Spellseeker, three points. Three points. Right? Okay, but you can turn a Spellseeker, a three-pointed card, into an Ancestral Recall plus a card. Yeah, even so. You spell seeker, go get ephemerate. Ephemerate your spell seeker, go get something else yeah. in your next upkeep. Now you can ephemerate the spell seeker again, and now you have drawn three cards. Plus, you have a, a, a two two in play. Yeah, or you can set up loops where you're getting back this ephemerate every turn and getting a new mm -hmm. spell every turn, and it's like that value engine. And I think a lot of people hear about this. And they immediately think the time lock deck, the combo deck. You don't. You, you don't uh, need great, it. great. So a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, kind of blue mid rangey tempo -y decks, they they can get really good use out of ephemerate. They're playing, they're playing the initiative creatures. Yep. Uh, they're playing the evoke elementals. Yeah. Uh, you know, in some cases, they're playing Omnath, Locust of Creation, and, and ephemerate looks really, really good in those decks. Yeah, especially if you're like one for one, one for one, one for one. And then you deploy this the, the, a creature that gives you some amount of value, then that ephemerate is going to get more valuable every like yes <laughs> every time that you, you cast it and you can get it back. I would rather regrow an ephemerate most of the time than an ancestor recall, just because your board based advantage is going to be so much better. Mm -hmm. um, there, so as far as like spells that do a reasonable impression, um, I do want to talk about factor fiction. Okay. Yes. Um, when you talk about factor fiction, it is all right. Admittedly, more expensive. It's four mana, but you actually see more cards. Yeah. Yeah. And you're it. It is a you get to choose which yeah. ones you put into your hand. Your opponent gets to choose in some small way. No, they, the same time, <laughs> you, they get no. to separate them in two piles. You get to pick yeah. what goes into your hand. If they're a good player, if they're a good player, 
you're going to have a slightly more arduous decision, but the decision is sort of made immediately based on yeah. the context of the game. Right. If they're a bad player, you just won the game. <laughs> um, that's no, but I'm just saying, it's in any case where you, Ancestral Recall doesn't allow your opponent to misplay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, no, I do. I know exactly what you mean. They can I, I resolved a few. Uh, I resolved a few factor fictions today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like that's the concept is that there is a possibility for a much higher ceiling on factor fiction than there is on recall, yeah. because you're seeing cards and you're just gonna let your opponent misplay if they want to. Mm, <laughs> yeah. If they absolutely. don't know your deck, and when I say misplay, I don't necessarily mean that they're bad. I mean that may not know what's in your hand. They don't know what your plan right. is, and they don't know what you want. If and if that is information that is hidden from them, there they might set up the piles in a way where they cannot win from that position. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Cryptic command also a four mana blue instant that does that does oh a really God. good ancestral yeah. impression. Sort of like a, another card that does different things based on the context of the game. Yeah. Um, and it's a late, it's definitely a late game card, right? But if you've gotten there and if you're looking to win the game, sometimes you just need a way to stop your opponent from winning. Yeah. Or, like sometimes it just taps them down and you get to swing in with it. So unlike, unlike Ancestral Recall, Cryptic Command does actually combo with Mystic Sanctuary. Oh, yeah. And you can recast it every turn until you, until you eventually win the game. Yeah. That it's such a powerful loop. And it does cost them amount of mana, but when they don't get to attack you, it yeah, it's sort of a level of inevitability. So that's the reason I think why ancestral recall is just so powerful because it's it's one mana drop. Yeah, hands, right. We can never we can never let this card be less than seven points. No, and no. it you know I've I could probably be talked into making it possibly more. Yeah, but at one at one mana the card is absurdly broken and if you look at a card like tidings tidings yeah. has the same text as ancestral recall but it costs five mana yeah unplayable no yeah <laughs> it, it, it is a contextual like as one of the most powerful cards in the game it also has the lowest floor almost right versus ceiling because mm -hmm. you're because again you don't know what you're going to draw generally. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's ways to set it up, but if you're if your setup is to make Ancestor Recall better, try a different setup. You want to know what my favorite deck to put Ancestor Recall is? Oh yeah, go on. Mono red. <laughs> red deck recall. But that's again like that is correct because when the top deck, when the top of your deck is most likely a lightning bolt. Yeah. You that other card that we mentioned at the beginning, yeah. you know? <laughs> Drawing three lightning bolts for zero points each is much better than than drawing, you know, anything else generally. I've had oh, way more man. lightning bolts than I have Ancestral Recalls. Oh, yeah, for sure. Most yeah. definitely. Okay, cool. Well, uh, that's <laughs> why you should <laughs> be playing something other than Ancestral Recalls. Yeah, play something else. Tempo next. <laughs> try it out. No, for, for real, try yeah. it out. I think you'd be surprised. Try to spread. Pick up a spell seeker, get an ephemerate in your deck, and go hog wild. Yeah. And nuts. then you get four more points to play around with. Yeah, put a demonic tutor in there. Splash black. Live a little. Try Grixis. 
I want to thank everybody for listening to this. I know we rambled a bit about uh, about a points, but we're gonna come back to you and talk about more seven pointed cards as we go on. Yeah, and which one should we do next? Uh, I think maybe it's Black Lotus. We should do Black Lotus next. I think so, <laughs> like from a power perspective. Okay. So next week we'll talk about Black Lotus. Yeah, good card, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to Magic Dads, and as always, we want to remind you that we're proud, we're proud of you. Of you. Bye. Thanks, everybody.